It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's yeah. possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway or Kyrie when he make a trade. And nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you got a repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales packing and J King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your daily routine, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going. Thank you for taking us along with you for this wild ride that is Boston Celtics basketball. We are the Rain and Jays, John Corrales, Jay King, here to discuss the Celtics 114-103 wild win in London, England today. Uh, I will like to also welcome our new sponsor, a listener, actually, uh, uh, Jason Manganello, who is a realtor and wants to sell you a house or sell your house for you. Again, he's a Celtics fan, and not only is he going to sell your house and do it in a very uh, helpful way and comfortable way for you, he's going to send you to a Celtics game and donate to a charity of your choice. It's He's just going to go all out for you, and I'm going to tell you how Jason will help you out in a few minutes. I'd also like to remind everybody, if you are just figuring out that you should be listening to the Celtics, uh, the Lockdown Celtics podcast, this is your first time, go subscribe to the show. Search for Lockdown Celtics wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. Do that. Rate us five stars. Give us a good review. All of that stuff. All right. Lots to get to today. Marcus Morris made amazing comments that we're going we're gonna to get to later about that little scuffle that he got in, which was basically our first MOOC fight. And then First MOOC fight. We got Morris twin action. Finally. Finally. Jay King had to wait till 2018 to get beef, but he finally got some. And, of course, it was at a game I wasn't attending. I what, know. What the hell, man? Well, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the key. Maybe he just doesn't want to put on a show for you in person. It's got to be while you know, just the just the mess with your head. Uh, uh, just an impressive turnaround here in the second half. Uh, Jason Tatum went nuts. Jalen Brown had a, a great game, but uh, the the Celtics got down twenty. And Jay, I, I just don't think a twenty point lead in the first half means shit anymore. With the excessive three point shooting and just how hot a team can get. You, you could take a 20-point lead into halftime. The other team comes out and goes, hits three threes, and boom, all of a sudden you're almost at a single-digit game. So the Celtics making this kind of routine, getting down big and coming back. But I, I really think this year more than any, 20-point leads, especially in the first half, are more meaningless than ever. Well, what separates the Celtics in that sense too is that they can hit you with a bunch of threes, and when they're doing it, they can also hit you with the top-ranked defense. And I think that's what really sparked their run was when Jalen Brown, especially toward the end of the second quarter, started to pick things up. He was beating people off 
offensive rebounds. He was he beat Dario Sarge in the post, like ran around him to steal an entry pass. I thought Jalen Brown started to pick things up, and then everybody else kind of joined in. Totally he, he was he was the one who started leading it, and then it was just an onslaught from there. It would turn into a 75-38 run. The, the best part of it was when Jalen Brown hit a three <laughs> with the Celtics down 21. They were down 21. He hits a damn three to go, go down nine, 18 and turns around and blows a kiss at the 76ers bench. And he could have looked like an idiot. He could have looked so dumb. Instead, the Celtics went on a 47-19 run right after it. So it was like the perfectly timed kiss of death. It was, it really was the kiss of death. That was awesome. That was just a great moment. Uh, I do agree that that second quarter, Jalen Brown really started getting active uh, defensively, especially. And then he had that run out that uh, Kyrie found him and he was hitting threes. Uh, that second quarter, he had 10 points in the second quarter. He was perfect. Four, four, one of, uh, he hit his three. Uh, he, okay. It wasn't necessarily perfect. He, he was one of two from the line, but couple of rebounds, an assist, a steal. Just overall, a great second quarter. He really was the guy that started the turnaround. And, yeah, and, and before that, they were bad, man. The bad, Celtics, horrible. That was horrible. some of the worst basketball they've played all season. They were just forcing passes when the 76ers had arms and people everywhere. They were just really not handling Philadelphia's defense well. They were getting eaten up inside by Ben Simmons. They were just getting tortured in every facet, and then everything turned around. Yeah, it's amazing. It's funny that it's like the teams in the second half especially switch sides, and that bucket on the right was the bucket where all the shots were going in. That bucket, bucket had a lot of buckets in it. <laughs> that bucket had a lot of scoring. Yeah, and the bucket on the left had nothing. The, the first <laughs> – the Celtics. This shot is the top-notch analysis you come to the range. Absolutely, for. that fir- that bucket on the left had no buckets in it. Look, first half the Celtics shot forty percent, twenty-two percent from three, and the Sixers shot fifty-six percent and fifty-eight percent from three. They switched sides and they switched performances. Celtics second half shooting fifty-seven percent, fifty almost fifty-three percent from three. Sixers thirty-six and a half percent, twenty-five percent from three. So that's just. I, I, it's weird. It's a quirk, but it's just hilarious to me. They switch sides and switch performances. So that's that's it. That's all it takes. That's your basketball <laughs> analysis. That's why they pay us the big bucks. That, that's all that happens. I don't think we even need a, to finish off the rest that's of the podcast. It. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Before we do continue, because we actually have, have other thoughts that aren't quite so stupid, um, <laughs> I, I just want to apologize to the people if – if my audio quality is less quality, no, no. Than, I'm going to stop you right there. Usual. Do not apologize because I'm going to say what's really happening. You're the real MVP here because they're doing work in your place, and you said I'm going yeah. to go outside to my car so we could podcast. That's- yeah, but I, I've got to clarify why exactly they're doing work inside my place, dude. I'm and, setting you up to be a hero here. No, no, no. It is very much not so. So I bought a desk. And I'm so damn lazy that I didn't want to put together my desk. So I had someone come over to piece together the desk. And it's, oh, it, it's, this, it's this super nice lady who is currently, currently in my room putting together my desk while I'm outside on the street podcasting. 
That's horrible. <laughs> so you, you acted like I'm a hero, but meanwhile, I'm just the laziest son of a bitch in Boston. You really, you didn't have to say anything. I was, I was hooking you up, and and basically, I feel like now you lied to me. I have to, no, I'm, I'm being transparent with the people. Yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> well. All right then. Uh, so Jason Tatum had a good third quarter. Uh, let's let's talk about that. Jason Tatum in the third really was the uh, the hammer that nailed the 76ers. Uh, 11 points on five of nine shooting, one of two from three. And he hit his first five shots. It was like yeah, yeah boom, yeah, boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. And yeah. he, he wasn't even there in the first half. Like That was seven make, booms, by the way. Didn't make any impact. And then, boom, just went nuts during the third quarter. And that's just kind of what Jason Tatum does. He no did. matter no matter what he does, no matter how quiet he is for long stretches, as Danger Cart says, he's always going to get his, like, 14 to 16 points. Yep. That's <laughs> exactly what he got. 16, <laughs> 16 points. Only four rebounds, though. It's usually, like, 16 and 8 or 16 and 9. Yeah. It's 16 and 4. But that's just Mr. Consistency right there. That's pure Jason Tatum. And it's funny to see people follow along with, with people on Twitter, which is all we do. I love that basketball has just adopted Twitter as its social media of choice. But people are just screaming, get Jason, get Tatum more shots, get Tatum more shots. And we got to just, you got to accept it. Don't stop blowing gaskets over, over Tatum not getting enough shots. He'll, he'll get shots. He took 13, which is a lot for Tatum. Usually he only takes like nine. So, But, but th- those are the stretches that make the people scream. It's like, why was he so, so willing to let the game pass him by in the first half when he's so capable of taking the game over like he, he did in the third? It just, he just ruined Dario Saric for six minutes. And, right. and he had the same matchup in the first half, so why wasn't he that assertive then? I, I see both sides of it. Like Tatum has been unbelievable. Tatum's consistency has been outrageous. But sometimes you wish you could shake Tatum and be like, "Just do it all the time, Rook. Just just go out there and and ruin people. Just ruin them at all times instead of for a short burst at a time." Um, but look, he's out there starting with Kyrie. He's out there starting with Horford, Jalen yeah, no, no. Brown. Like he's he's not just gonna go out there and just start chucking right away. Like Kyrie and Al Horford, for as great as as Tatum is, Kyrie and Horford are the keys to this. T- if they're not if they're not going, it's gonna be very difficult to win. So they have to go do their thing, and Tatum is very willing and capable of letting that happen, getting a few shots here and there, and then when a stretch comes where he can cook, then he cooks. And he does what he's, he does. If he, if he was trying to shoot as much as people wanted him to shoot, he'd probably be a 40-something percent sh- for, or low 40% shooter, inefficient, and it would, I think it would end up at this point being a little bit more of a detriment. I like the way it's going. The Celtics won their 34th game. They're at the top of the, the, the conference. Let, just, it works right now. He's slowly building it up. He's, he's got more takeover stretches now than he did earlier in the season. He's building up to it. Let him build up to it. Just let him build it, and and eventually it's all going to work out fine. So 
people don't have to worry about screaming for more Tatum shots. He's going to get the shots. He's going to score. Just let everything kind of flow. Just let it flow. That first half, he, he had a weird first half. He fumbled a couple passes out of bounds. Like, just yeah. didn't see him all the way there. And then he was all the way there early in the third quarter. Buying or selling a home, I got to say, is one of the most daunting processes in the world. I've been through both. It is hard. It is stressful. It really grates on you. It's not easy. You need somebody to walk you through the process. You need a real estate agent that knows the market, that knows what your needs are, that knows how to get you what you want in the best way possible without driving you nuts. That's why you should talk to Jason Manganello. He's got over 15 years experience in the real estate industry, and he's part of the residential group, which has been the top selling group in all of Massachusetts at William Ravis since 2009. And that's been done by providing the personal attention of a boutique firm with the resources of a large company. Jason's been buying and selling homes for people for years, but each client, this is probably their first purchase. So Jason knows that each time is not his whatever time it is to sell a house or buy a house or look at a house. It's your first time and he treats it like that. And it doesn't matter if you're looking to buy a $300,000 condo in Brighton or if you're selling a $2 million home in Weston. He treats it like it's your first time and you've got that special attention to detail. If you are thinking of buying or selling a house, Reach out to Jason and he will send you a first time home buyer's guide. It'll walk you through the process and kind of set you up for what you can expect moving forward. And just for Locked On Celtics listeners, if you buy or sell a home with Jason Manganello, you will go to a Celtics game on Jason. In fact, you don't even have to buy or sell a house. If you refer a friend to Jason and they end up buying or selling a house, you get to go to a game as well. It's a great deal. If you are trying to sell a house, Jason will be happy to do a free market analysis for your current or future home. And if you just do that, just get the market analysis, you'll be entered to win Celtics tickets as a bonus. And if that's not enough, if having that personal touch is not enough for you, know that buying or selling a house with Jason Manganello helps the community because Jason donates 10% of his commission to a local nonprofit designated by the client. So if you know any nonprofit that you want to work with as you buy or sell your home, talk to Jason. He will commit 10% of his commission on your purchase or sale to that nonprofit. So please reach out. You can find Jason at LockedOnJason at gmail.com. You can spell it any way you want. You can spell it like Jason Tatum or like every other Jason. LockedOnJason at gmail.com or call him 617-877-5694. That's 617-877-5694. It's a personal touch with the resources of a big firm. You'll go to a Celtics game and help the community just by buying or selling your home. There's no one else to talk to when it comes to this process than Jason Manganello. All right, let's. Uh, we we talk about Tatum all the time. Let's let's move to the the my favorite thing, the the Mook fight. 
Ma- the Mar- Mark fight. <laughs> Mar- Marcus Morris. So, in the uh, third quarter, fourth quarter, uh, Marcus Morris got blasted on a pick by Ben Simmons. Got up, took exception to it, pushed, blah, blah, blah. So, it was a common foul. Morris got a tech. Nothing crazy. It's fine. Afterwards, Morris talked about the play, and it was awesome. I mean, awesome. Because at the same same time, he was criticizing Ben Simmons, but also praising Ben Simmons and kind of admitting things. So I'll read you the quote, which, by the way, I'm reading directly off of MassLive.com. Jay King, go read MassLive.com and Jay King's stuff there. Shout out to me. Shout out to Jay. Uh, here's the Morris quote. A little frustration kicked in, I think, and he just took, you know, a cheap shot. But shit, it's all right. I take a lot of cheap <laughs> shots too. So let's just let's just stop right there. <laughs> what kind of human admits that? And, and it admits it in the same breath as as saying that somebody else took a cheap shot at him. Just just an amazing quote. That's just I mean, layers to that where he's He's kind of getting on Simmons, but then saying, eh, whatever, I do it. It's fine. It's not, it's not <laughs> fine, but also fine. So whatever. Uh, then he uh, continues. I, and I respect that. I respect that. Sure. To, to say anything else would be hypocritical. Morris Twins cannot look down at people who take cheap shots. Oh, Although, no, Markeith did. Markeith did. So is, is Markeith a little hypocritical? Is Marcus the less hypocritical of the Morris twins? <laughs> these are these are very important conversations we must have. We absolutely must have it. Um, yeah. Well, I guess. Hmm, well, Marquise felt like Marquise felt like Al Horford. You know, put his foot under there with an intent to injure him. Yeah. And that that I feel like he should know by now that that wasn't the case, but he he still doesn't. But I, I think this. I, I like this. This is like honesty. This is like just physical play. And yeah, it's a little cheap, but you know, I think the, the uh, tough guys like Marcus Morris, who are about that life, will say, you know, whatever. You got to get under people's skin. So, and, and it wasn't a dangerous play from Simmons. Like he he, no. he he put a little extra mustard coming through a screen. He didn't hit a, he didn't hit Morris high. He didn't go after the legs. It was just as far as dirty plays go, it was a clean dirty play. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even call it a dirty play. I mean, he just he definitely leaned into it a little bit. So whatever. If if you've ever played basketball for an extended period of time and set any picks, everybody leans into a pick every once in a while. Yeah, you, you got to get your full back on sometimes. Look, sometimes there's a guy that you need to send a message to for whatever reason, and you uh, you know you just lean forward a little bit. So, yes, yeah, sometimes you're in the middle of giving up a 75-38 run, and the frustrations sure. spoil over. Yeah, whatever. Why not? So. Uh, and then, so Morris continues. It gets better. <laughs> because, again, same situation. Praise, getting on, whatever. But <laughs> he says, quote, It's good to see that Philly has okay guys, some tougher guys. You know what I'm saying? But I promise you that won't happen again. But that was a good shot. <laughs> it is what it is. Hopefully I won't get fined for that. That's what I'm really worried about. <laughs> <laughs> he just went everywhere with that That, that was, I mean... Again, it's just beautiful because it's praise for Simmons. Okay, yeah, he's a tougher guy. Like it's like a little bit of respect, but 
you know, by the way, rookie, that won't happen again. But also, that was a good shot. Like, it's just, uh, I, I mean, really, I, I, you got to respect. I couldn't tell whether he was trying to tweak Simmons with that quote. Like, you're really not as tough as you think. Or whether he was legitimately pleased that his hometown team, the Philadelphia 76ers, has some tough young guys now. Uh, and I, I, I think it was the latter. I think he's. I think he's. No. Yeah. I think I he's genuinely happy that, that his hometown team has some tough, young, talented guys. I, and, and that's awesome. That's, that's the greatest Marcus Morris quote of the year right there to me. Like, like I'm just happy. Like, so what? He, so what? He tackled me. Like, I'm just happy the 76ers have some tough guys now. That's, I mean, <laughs> this. Look, look and then this. he goes on to threaten, vow, whatever, that it's not going to happen again. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Nice, nice shot. It's never going to happen again. Yeah, that, that was great. Don't do don't that ever again. Do like, you're tough. It's cool that you're tough. Don't do yeah. that again. Don't ever do it again. <laughs> like, I give you this freebie. That's nice. Come at me again. I'll, I'll, I'll end you. <laughs> and then at the end, just the cherry on top. I hope I don't get fined for this. <laughs> that's, just, yeah. that's beautiful. And all of this coming, it, it probably, I would say, maybe Marcus Morris's best game overall. I mean, yeah. especially the second half. I mean, he, both ways, both ways. Yeah. He did. It, it was it was great. Nineteen points, eight rebounds, couple of assists, a steal. I mean, he was he was aggressive. He he and all in twenty four minutes. So he was very important guy, especially in the second half. You know, he was a big reason for that for that comeback. Yeah, and I, I think one thing that gets lost in all the talk about Morris's minutes restriction and Morris's rhythm and how how that could impact things. I think also he needed to get healthy. Like his knee just wasn't right for the first half of the season. So it, it's taken him a while. He hasn't played his best basketball. He hasn't always been sharp. He will always, no matter what, how healthy he is, <laughs> take some ill-advised shots. But he can also be a matchup nightmare. And I thought in the first quarter, the Celtics didn't start off well. And he came in off the bench and had seven quick points and kind of carried them they, they might have fallen behind by more than 22 if he hadn't had that stretch early in the first quarter. So Marcus Morris with a great game. I really think, I've, I say this all the time, but he's as important, not as important, but he, he's, a, he's a critical piece for them because he's a guy who lets them stay big enough while keeping their switchability and versatility and the having playmakers on the court most mostly all over the court. So he's a piece that can help differentiate them from a lot of teams. He's a piece that can help them match up against the best teams in the league. And he hasn't always been right this year. He hasn't always been great this year. But when he is, they're a different team. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. No, it's true. And, you know, I think this second half, we keep talking about the rest and the practices and all of that stuff. That is going to be a big deal for a guy like Marcus Morris, who's going to be able to go through a practice and get his treatment and not have the constant pounding of game after game after game and missing games to make sure that he's resting. He can kind of, maybe be a little more limited in a practice and you know practices aren't necessarily as high intensity anyway so this is going to be a nice stretch for him to not not just get healthy cuz he I think now he finally feels like he is it's it stay healthy and so that's that is a, a nice a nice little thing to have moving forward um, so yeah that's the game that's it you got anything else uh, not really. No, I got nothing else. But they always do a great job on Joel Embiid, though, don't they? They do. They've, they've I, done a... I, we, we should talk about how Daniel Tice helped that out. I thought I thought Tice was his energy was really important, and there was one point when I was literally tweeting, "Daniel Tice is not strong enough to guard Joel Embiid," and then Embiid had like an easy and one, I think, and the Celtics subbed out Tice real quick. Then the second half, and even later in the first half. Tyson did a great job in that matchup, and he's just he's just tough, man. I, I don't know how he does it. He's like 6'9", 210 pounds, whatever he is. There's no way he should be able to match up against a behemoth like Embiid in the post, but he's just tough, and he can he's really quick jumper. He does a lot of things. Another thing I thought was notable, Shemi Ojale didn't – I don't think he played at all until garbage time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, it was just one of the first times all season the Celtics have had everybody except Gordon Hayward. So that was notable, and I think Tice will sometimes see his minutes decreased. I think Baines will sometimes see his minutes decreased. I think Stevens will go different ways depending on the matchups. Um, but tonight it was it was Ojale who was kind of squeezed out of the rotation a little bit with everybody healthy. Yeah, and Ojale's you know his shot he's been struggling with his shot, and I I'm still comfortable with with Shemi getting minutes, but that's. I think now we're getting into the second half of the season and that we're going to start seeing some of the things. Brad Stevens said it before, was it before the game or at some point during this week, some of the things that they've learned they're going to build on and some of the things that they've been doing they're going to throw out. And you don't know moving forward what they see and what they, what they feel comfortable doing. So we'll see. I mean, Ojale, I think, has done – a good job in spots. We've seen him play really good defense. We've seen him hit shots. He just needs to get more consistent with both of those things. Tice is very similar in some ways because he's going to have some games where it just doesn't work. But he's getting a little bit better, I think, as the season progresses. And you think about it, he signed for $815,000 this year and has a non-guaranteed 
contract for under one point four million next year. So just a paying, money signing. Money I mean, signing. this is you're paying him just more than two million for two seasons, and this is God. I mean. Of all the signings, of all the things that he's that Danny Ainge has done, this is low key, like super impressive to to have Tice for two years at basically two million dollars. And he's it's it's the type of signing every really good team dreams of, right? Because you're paying top money to several guys in the at the front of your rotation. You don't have a lot of money to build out the back end, and it's important to hit on guys like. Ojale. It's important to hit on guys like Tice. It's important that a guy like Shane Larkin can come in and impact some games. So the Celtics did a really good job building out the end of their bench this summer. And we, we've said that a lot, but it's 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 really come true. And I think Tice has probably been the not probably he's definitely been the most impressive of all three of those guys. And to get him on a two-year deal out, out of like. Just out of out of Germany, where he was averaging like eight and five. I looked at his numbers. I was like, "This guy's really gonna be on the Celtics." Like, yep. Like this dude, Daniel Tice, and then you watch him play. And my first time watching him play was in the EuroBasket this summer, and he was playing against the Gasol brothers in Spain, and he held his own. And he he did so many things. It was obvious right away that he could be a legitimate role player. It was obvious. That's that's obviously what the Celtics envision when they sign him, and, and that's what he's been. He, he's just always energy, always solid, and sometimes he's sometimes he's better than that. Uh, I I agree with with your point about like Tice being a, a, a the type of guy that you need to sign. I actually have a piece that's about to publish. I think a, this is the Friday show, so Friday I think it's going to be on Boston.com. Uh, I remember Sam the other day mentioned, like in passing, and we never really got to discuss it. Uh, I think it was on a show with you about the Lakers pick and how it might affect Marcus Smart. And I was digging into that, and I kind of that's going to be my piece on Boston.com, either tomorrow. I hope, hopefully tomorrow, or maybe Monday. But uh, in there, I, I I make the same point where you've got the the big stars that you have to pay a ton of money to, you know Hayward, Horford, Irving. Then you've got your rookies that you draft and hope that you can hit on these guys because they ultimately end up outperforming their their contracts because they're they're slotted in whatever the rookie scale is. And then that bench is all about finding those gems that are out really vastly outperforming the contracts. The guys that you can sign for two or three years that you're like, he makes how much? The the guys that you find in the columns that are, you know, who's the best value contract in the league. If you can hit on those things, then you got yourself one hell of a team. And here the Celtics are with a couple of max players. Kyrie's about to be another max player. Uh, A couple of draft picks that they've completely hit on in Tatum and Jalen Brown. And these end of bench guys that, not end of bench, but like middle of the the bench rotation guys, like you said, Tice, Ojale, Shane Larkin making an impact most of the season, you know, Terry Rozier, well, Terry, I'm sorry, Terry Rozier's the draft pick, but like these guys that you've signed are just, you know, even Aaron Baines, getting him cheap. Those are the types of guys that you need to outperform their deals to have a really, really good team. So just, just huge. I mean, Danny Ainge, he, he's hardly made a misstep uh, recently. It's, he's, he's on a bit of a run himself. Uh, Hashtag facts. <laughs> 
we before we go, we haven't discussed the absolute best play of the game. And I can't believe I almost forgot to bring it up. I, Mark, I have no idea where you're going with this right now. Marcus Smart gets the steal, flies up the right <laughs> sideline, takes off like he's Michael Jordan, completely botches the dunk, goes flying out of bounds, and then Jalen Brown just trailing the play, swoops in behind him, and goes in for the follow dunk. That's just – that was such – <laughs> perfection it was like the marcus smart experience all in five seconds of basketball it was beautiful and hilarious it was it was glorious it was almost as glorious as marcus smart's reaction to <laughs> ben simmons knocking him down oh man that was just I, I just had to bring that up because it's it was really a hilarious play and kind of a key play if, if that if jalen brown wasn't there then who knows what would have happened, what, what the turnaround would have been, but uh, just just really funny. It was just really funny. I guess this, the Skinny Marcus thing just didn't really translate like we thought it would because I thought Skinny Marcus would be the guy that flies in for the dunk, and I think, I think Marcus thinks he can jump better than he can. Uh, it, it really hurts him. He can't really jump off one foot. He's always been a two-foot jumper, and if you saw on that play, he took his time to go off two, and... He is a two-foot jumper, but it was he just had like an awkward takeoff. It would be a yeah. lot easier if he could jump higher off one foot, but for whatever reason, he's just never been able to do that. Yeah. No. No. I get it. I get it. I was always a two-foot jumper. Some guys, some guys, they jump one foot, and they just feel more comfortable doing that. But I, I know. I, I will say that I, I keep seeing these things that Marcus Smart's banged up. I just wonder, maybe, maybe he's a little more uh, banged up than he's letting on. I hope so because that was. That was hilarious, and I hope he can blame it on something other than he just biffed it. Uh, Also, Jalen Brown had two of the worst missed dunks of the season. He went went in for like like a reverse, like one of those Kobe, like go baseline, and just hit the backboard. Like just had no idea where he was spatially on the court. And then the other one, he went up and tried to dunk in – Semi traffic, and it got he. They sent him to the line, but it was it was just the air that fouled him. If if anybody fouled, him. <laughs> oh man, just a lot. It was a great game, actually. As as bad as it was at points, it, it had a little bit of everything. It had comic relief. It had you know a little bit of uh, pushing and shoving. It had a big comeback, and it you know. And it had JJ Redick going wild. I love watching JJ Redick play, man. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, he's. He's like super active. Uh, it's it, they run a lot of Ray hate, Allen type stuff for him. It's it's coming I would off hate of screens. To cover that guy. Oh my yeah. god! You get blasted off of screens, and just he's always moving. You, you and if you leave him for one second, he's just going to splash a three right in your face. Yeah. So like Jalen Brown fell asleep on one on one play, and just for a split second, and by the time he came back to life. <laughs> JJ Redick was already at the arc nailing a three pointer. You just yep. cannot fall asleep against that guy. Yep. Nope. You can't. It's just uh, he, he is really good. He is really good. And it, I, I will say uh, he has evolved his game very nicely from what he was in Orlando to what he is now. He's he's made a nice career for himself. Where I, I you know, he could have gone a completely different way. So you know, it's fun. It's fun to see him. You know, do things that 
could kill your team, but you still win anyway, I guess. <laughs> I'm just a I'm just a good basketball fan, man. Give me good basketball. Oh, that's <laughs> all right. Good basketball for Jay King. Good basketball for the Boston Celtics who win 114-103. And off for uh another four days. They don't play again till when? Uh like uh Tuesday? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be a little while. It's going to be another little while. So listen to this podcast. Listen to if you didn't listen to last night's podcast with me, Jam Packard, and Anna Horford, go do that. And uh, you know, go back and listen to podcasts over and over again. So to to pass the time. So again, Celtics win. Now they're off for a few days. If you're not a subscriber and you're just joining us, uh, welcome. And go ahead and subscribe. Go find Locked On Celtics wherever you get all of your podcasts. Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere the podcast exists, we exist. And if you are looking to buy or sell a house, be sure to give our friend Jason Manganello a call. Use his phone number, 617-877-5694, 617-877-5694, or LockedOnJason at gmail.com. He will donate 10% of his commission to a local nonprofit of your choice. So you buy, you sell a home. If you refer a friend, you you get to go to a Celtics game. If you buy or sell a home, he'll get, send you to a Celtics game. Even if you get a uh, the first-time uh, market analysis, the market analysis, if you're going to sell the home, he'll put you in a, a, a drawing to win Celtics tickets too. I mean, this guy's really going to hook you up. And he's got to be you. the coolest real estate agent in Boston, right? He's got to be. I mean, gotta Jesus be. Christ. I mean, first of all, he's a locked-on Celtics listener. He's a Celtics fan, so and he's a listener of this podcast. So he's got to be cool. And on top of it, he's donating to charity, and he's sending you to a Celtics game. Like, come on. Like, I, I'm not even in the market for a house. I might go buy one just for this. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I might have to... Rob somebody we, so I can go to we Jason. Should, we, you know what? We should we should get a locked on Celtics party house. Ooh, yeah, Ooh, I'm in. Yeah, a little lot, like, like a little pad, a little something uh, right on the water, Revere Beach. I'm I'm in, man. As long Let's as Jason it. sends us sends everybody to Celtics games. That's it. That's it. And we'll donate to uh, whatever little local Revere Beach charity it is. Uh, something about big hair or something. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Revere. We love you. All right, that's the show. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked On Celtics Podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, Jay King and John Corrales. Locked On Celtics. Millie's. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter, so it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.